Tommy is with us. Brought to us by Dr. Matthew Lopresti at Leonard Hair Transplant Associates, the hair doctor of Tom E. Curran at 1-800-GET-HAIR. Tommy joins us on the Harbor One hotline. Tommy, you did not uh, float away in your palatial estate over the last 24 hours, have you? Still coming down. Still coming down, Andrew. We're watching Long Pond fill up out here. Oh, boy. Which is good because now we uh, actually the pontoon boat might be afloat again because it's been grounded. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Hey, listen, it's uh, it's uh, different strokes for different folks. For me, I'm pulling my hair out and I'm working at home today so I can keep running the old sump pump because, well, I don't want to have to clean my whole damn basement. But although well, I you did call one eight hundred get hair if you run out. <laughs> oh, there you go. That's right. Oh, there you go. I don't think I. Well, anyway, Tommy Curran is with us. Hey, Tommy. Uh, one of the things that Keith and I just went through was an exercise. Of the whole three things we think we know about the 2022 New England Patriots. Give us one thing you think you know, good or bad, about these New England Patriots. I know that they're faster on defense. I know that. I know that their tight end production from the two tight ends combined will rise. And I know that their secondary is way better than we thought it was going to be when J.C. Jackson was going out the door and it looked like it was going to be Malcolm Butler and Jalen Mills as their starters. So do you like uh, Jonathan Jones on the outside? Is that something that you – it also, why they didn't really, they haven't really done that much. Is that more just because of the other guys that they have had, or is it because they didn't really know or think that he could do it? Meaning Jonathan Jones? Yeah. On the outside? Yeah. Um, he hasn't done it much, but I think that they're changing scheme to a degree. Mm. Going away from having a shutdown corner makes them be in a position where they'll play more zone. So if you're playing more zone, you're going to have more guys who are facing the quarterback and dropping into areas and having to break on the ball. So all of those guys, in terms of size, it still matters. It's helpful to be, mm-hmm. you know, six feet. But if you're a water bug and can cover area quickly, in any sport when you're playing zone, you have to cover an area, not a man. So being able to break on the ball the way Jack Jones does, and Belichick talked about him as a permanent corner. Jonathan Jones ran a 4-3 coming out of Auburn as an undrafted free agent. Um, so I'm confident that that whole group of corners – you know, Marcus Jones, too, 5'8". I'm babbling here. But all those Joneses are really short, fast, and able to cover ground quickly. Tom, you mentioned how maybe on the back end, and we've talked about how they'll play some more zone, mix it up a little bit. What about in terms of pressure schemes? Do you think this group might be more aggressive from a scheme standpoint, given what they have up front? Or will it just hopefully happen naturally that those guys like Christian Barmore and Matt Judon are ready to be disruptors down in and down out? I think it's going to work. And this is a cop-out, but it'll be week to week. Do you want to rush to it? Do you want to drop and play coverage on him and make him figure it out? You don't want to give Tyree Kill too long to run around or Jalen Waddle, And that's what an extended play will do. So I'll be interested to see what their plan is. There's some guys that they're going to want to bring pressure on. There's some guys they're going to want to sit back on based upon their ability to scramble. You know, week two, Mitch Trubisky, I would imagine they're probably going to go after him. Um, Week three, Lamar Jackson, I would imagine they'll play coverage. Week four, Aaron Rodgers, 
whatever you think, mix it up. Probably probably play coverage with him too. Tom, I'm curious in today's NFL, which combination, and this is sort of, I guess a question in a vacuum and then we get into specifics after, but what combination do you think would score more points in today's NFL? Is it an average quarterback with elite playmakers around him (laughs) or an elite quarterback with average playmakers around him? I love that. How's the line? Well, let's, let's say it's a wash. Let's say the line is solid, like a B plus for both groups. It's a sta- okay standard issue line. They both yep. get the same one. Yep. Um, it, it's going to be the standout quarterback. It's got to be. It has to be. Now, I think that the okay quarterback with better than average receivers, his level has risen because I think it's harder to expose quarterbacks than it used to be because the systems have been made so user-friendly. You know, Phil Perry does a great job articulating this with the McVay system. It doesn't matter who it is. It can be Matt Schaub, it can be Jared Goff, it can be you name it, and they're going to look pretty good and maybe put up 55 points, as Jared Goff did against Patrick Mahomes a few years ago on a Monday night. So I think the floor is higher for the pedestrian quarterback, but you're still going to have the Bradys and the Brees and the Rodgers um, who are able to discern what's, being thrown at them, leverage that and hit your pedestrian receiver for however many yards and win games. Tommy Curran of NBC Sports Did Boston. You with that? Who disagrees? Who disagrees? Uh, no, I mean, I guess well, it, see, I, the, the question then becomes like, who's elite, right? And if you're really only saying yeah. five guys are elite, then yeah, I want that quarterback. I want the five elite quarterbacks. But if I know, I, like to me, there's not a big difference between quarterback 11 and quarterback 17. So, like, if that's the question, then I would take the elite receivers. But you're right. If uh, if I have the chance to have Allen or Mahomes, I'm taking those guys. Yeah, I think I, with Mac, just yeah. to bring it here, Mac, yeah. you want Mac to have the complement of players he has around him now. There is no, you know, over-the-top standout. But I think the versatility and the overall talent of virtually every guy, virtually every wide receiver they have, I would say is at least a B-minus potentially, okay. if they play the way they ought to, right? So that's good. That's good with a, with a quarterback who's, you know, okay arm, great brain, still learning. Yeah, Tom, I think where Rich and I part ways on some of this is he's very much on the you don't have elite talent, and that's what you have to have to win in the NFL. And I do think you can kind of blend it a little bit. Like, I think Barmore, by the end of the year, will look at Barmore differently then we look at him at the beginning of the year, but he doesn't catch a 1,200 yards worth of balls or run for 1,700 yards. So it's hard for people to get excited about a defensive tackle who might start to emerge as an, as an elite player. And I think that's where, at least with the way Rich and I have kind of talked about this team a little bit, that there is the fear of, oh, my God, if they don't have anybody elite, how in the world are they going to win? And that's maybe where we subscribe to two different theories. Yeah, and I think that that's all fair. But when you look at the Patriots, it'll come out in the wash. And that's interesting, too. Maybe it won't. I believe that they are a better team at their skill positions and pass catchers than they performed last year, and they'll be really good. But how much will they be undone by the fact that they have an OC in training? Right. Well, and then the other reason why I even asked the question, too, is the opponent. Like, I think you look at the Miami Dolphins – probably have a better roster, but probably a worse quarterback. They clearly have better receivers. In your mind, how far can the Dolphins go 
with Tua, considering they, they really upgraded, they hit a home run in Waddle last year in the draft, and then they make the big deal and get Tyreek Hill? Tua closed the year pretty well last year. He was not a disgrace. So I think we have a tendency to look at the injury history, the wacky. I, I cannot stand his motion. Mm-hmm. I just think it's rife with opportunity to get strip sacked or have it come out sideways or whatever. But he performs well. So I think with Tua, if he, with his quirkiness, his Jim Furyk throwing motion, is able to perform at the level that he seemed to at the end of last year, they could be a really good team because they definitely have the weapons between Jasicki, who we don't mention too much, Waddle and Tyreek Hill. It's it's a good group. Mm. And it'll be interesting to see where the Patriots start in the first quarter of the season relative to where the Dolphins start. Hey, Tommy, uh, I know that Keith and I talked about Mike Gusecki earlier today. What's the deal with him? Weren't they looking to trade him, and then he's hurt, and then they sent him back, and now they like him again? Or what, what, what are we missing here in terms of that guy? Do you know anything? I think it's the blend of, okay, is he a tight end or a wide receiver, and how, you know, how does he fit? So more, more than anything, I think that, that was a little bit of a hang-up with with Jusicki, but I, you know, every time he's played the Patriots, he's been a pain in the ass. So I would imagine that to be the case again. I think that's one of the key matchups is just generally how the Patriots safeties perform on Sunday will dictate a massive portion of the game. As much as the Patriots offensive line issues, if you look at, okay, who's over the top on Tyreek Hill and who's dealing with Jusicki and Jalen Waddle, how are they deploying people to deal with that? That's going to be a massive part of this game. Really just one of the most chaotic off-seasons I think any team can have is what the Miami Dolphins went through. I mean, you think about it, the last time they played football, you know, they had Brian Flores, and then that whole thing is just completely changed. There's the Tom Brady, Sean Payton rumors, Stephen Ross. Apparently he's not, you know, throwing games, but he was tampering. Like, it's just a lot going on, and it ends with Mike McDaniel, another one of these guys in his 30s, taking over as head coach out of the Shanahan system, what are your thoughts on the hire, and what are your expectations for Mike McDaniel, yet, now yet another head coach to come into this division in the last 20 years? It's funny because obviously he's quirky, mm-hmm. and he's not you know, off the assembly line of normal NFL coaches. But I wouldn't take him lightly because he's personable. You know, they, They're having a blast down there, which you know, begs the question of how great a time they'll be having if things don't start to go well. Um, I like him. I, I, and whether it's, you know, McVay or Shanahan, um, you've got guys who sprung from, from that group, that system and, and done really well. Now, you know, you've also seen Robert Sala who came from the Niners go to New York and things aren't going as well. So I, and if you look at Sala and Mike McDaniel, one is bodybuilder, giant bald guy imposing and Mike McDaniel would fit in Sala's pocket. It'll be interesting to track how those two guys who look differently, lead differently, and behave differently um, succeed. You know, is the 2022 NFL one that embraces their nerds right. to the degree that we think they may? Or is Dan Campbell still the coin of the realm? I mean, just track <laughs> those two guys. It'd be funny to watch. You mentioned uh, embrace. You mean the players? Because I also wonder, and Rich and I talked about this last hour, Tom, 
about it, it seemed like uh, what Brian Flores had going on down there was pretty good. The players were responding, and then it's, nope, let's just unplug it and plug another guy in here, and, hey, the players will just have to adapt kind of thing. Well, my understanding is that the coaching staff didn't love Bryant. He was difficult to work with, was my understanding, and this was prior to, you know, everything coming out, but it was he was just extremely demanding. I think he ripped through, like, three offensive coordinators in three years. Yep. Um, and he could be a bit volatile. So, so could Bill Belichick. So could Bill Parcells. So could Mike Holmgren, for all his fuzziness. A lot of great coaches have been. Um, and I think Brian Flores got great results. But I think just as there was a post-Parcells sigh of relief, and someday there will be a post-Belichick exhale of, okay, it's going to be a little easier to come into work today. Um, there probably That exists probably a little bit with, with Brian Flores as well. All right, Tom, since uh, the next time we talk to you on this program, the uh, season will have started. Yes, You're not going to do it to me. I'm just gonna no. I'm, not, I'm just gonna ask you: Are they a playoff team? Are the New England Patriots a playoff team? Yes or no? No. Okay. I they agree. start the season one and three, and they <laughs> never get more. They never get more than two games over 500. They battle back. All right. And they have wow. a very good defense. Here, you'll like this. Bold uh, prediction. Look, okay, great. All kinds of add-ons here. Patriots will not allow. I had to do bold predictions yesterday. Got it. We had nothing on the website. Um, <laughs> Patriots will not allow more than 24 points except to Miami and Green Bay before Thanksgiving. I might have misphrased that. No, I, I think only, I know what you're saying. Yeah, we were just looking at the – yeah. Now, by the way, what twice was – Twice in the first 11 games. What was the question you didn't want me to ask you? <laughs> what's, what's the score on – Oh, Sunday no, 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 no. I'm not asking what the score is on Sunday. But, yeah, so, yeah, playoff team or no, it's, a, it's an easy yes-no. It used to be – do they win the Super Bowl, yes or no? And now we've, we've, we've shifted now how we ask the question. Right. Yeah. Yep. Well, back back to the pack. Let's have a good time back here. <laughs> That's right. We've uh, seen how the other half lives. By the mm-hmm. way, I don't want to stooge off your whole column since uh, the, the web had nothing. Uh, what is what is the boldest of your five Patriots bold predictions? I felt like that was pretty bold. I also thought Patriots will mothball the wide zone by October. Kyle Duggar will be a pro bowler. That one was revised from last year when I said the same thing and it didn't happen. Um, Oh, and Mac Jones will be the AFC offensive player of the month for October. Oh yeah. That October schedule. Well, Tommy, I I said to Keith that if they can find a way to start two and two, they might be able to go on a five game heater heading into the bye week. They could. Okay. Stay tuned. And then you're at seven and two or six and three, and then you get the Jets after the bye, and then we're where we were last year in a weird way. And you're you're well – exactly. And that's that's (laughs) the stage for can they improve down the stretch from the close they had last year or in 2019 or 2020. And then that let's let's not get ahead of ourselves, though. <laughs> One and, game at a time. And by the way, Tommy, I'm kind of with you in terms of the uh, scrapping the zone run scheme. I think they'll be so inefficient at it that eventually Bill will be the one to pull the plug on it. I think there's a whole lot of talk about new this, new that. I think a lot of it is new verbiage. 
I'll be really curious to see how long they either decide to stick with it or realize this doesn't work. And, oh, by the way, we've run an offense for 20 years that we think we're okay with. Even if they just go back to the running game portion of the old offense, then maybe it balances them out a little bit. Yeah, uh, it will be fascinating to see at what point they cut bait with it because they have spent so much time on it or – and I spoke to uh, former BC offensive lineman Pete Kendall, who is a 13-year NFL player and a former first-round pick. We spoke a lot this morning on Tom Curran's Patriots Talk podcast about the wide zone scheme and whether or not he thinks they're playing possum. Oh. Oh, you mean That's like they actually they're playing mean possum? Like, wait, like they know what they're doing playing possum or playing possum as in the zone scheme has all been a bunch of bull crap and everyone's taking the cheese? playing possum in that they're running these plays that are sometimes doomed to failure. And Phil talked about this a little bit too. Um, they're not audibling out of things. And once they start audibling out of some of these runs that are doomed to failure, just because they're running them because they want to get them on tape and get them repped. Once they start audibling out of those, you'll start to see fewer negative plays. All right. I'll take Interesting. it. Interesting. There we go. It. Tommy Curran of NBC Sports Boston with us on the Harbor One Hotline. Thank you, Tom. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week. All right, guys. Take care. Thank you, Tom. There, 